0: This week, I was not invited to lunch, discovered Walmart, and possibly fell into a depressive slump. This is where I am now, four weeks into living in Montreal. I forgot to make the podcast, so this is going to be rough. Prepare yourself, Jen, for a stream of even more unedited stream of consciousness. Even more? Or should it be like, even more than usual? See what I mean? It's all beginning now. So, we're gonna start off high by saying that I got the proverbial black nod from a cafeteria worker, which felt nice. Because calf workers usually love me. I would say it's not really calf workers, but really the demographic of over 50-year-old women. And I guess kind of men, but whatever. Um... So, like, I have different theories about it. I think it's because I look like a child. You know, I have, like, a a cute face. Which you're not saying as, like, oh my god, like, a compliment, like, attractiveness. This is just a fact. Your face is a circle. You have a dimple. You're an adult who looks like a child. And I think maybe I remind them of their grandchildren. I haven't fully figured it out yet, but the over 50 demo is, they really are my biggest fan. Um, another thing that happened this week is that I got to talk shit with a co-worker about my employees. So, we weren't technically in the same section, but they knew my employees, they knew the gist, so when I walked down there to hand in some papers or whatever the fuck, you know, I got into this conversation, they seemed into it, I was into it, I felt like we were vibing, you know, like, they're not a friend candidate, because they're way too old, um, but... It was nice. That's all I want, really, is someone to be able to comfortably talk shit with. And for the most part, I was pretty comfortable talking shit. Um, they knew my employees. They knew what was up. Um, they knew that I didn't hire my employees. I inherited them. And basically, they were the only ones who, like, fully fessed up, you know, in, like, a blunt way that all my employees were rejects. But the company was really desperate and needed to fill seats. So now I have them. Um, I also don't have an assistant like the other managers, so I'm dealing with a tedious shit, which is a bummer because my employees are not the greatest, so I'm dealing with a lot of tedious shit. I will say I'm fully cognizant that this is a minorly shitty thing, very minor. I know life could be worse, and honestly, life is, life is pretty good right now. So I'm pretty sure you know this, but it's 11.30, I'm tired, and I don't remember what I've already talked about in these podcasts. But you are on a mission to make a friend who will be there for you in the summertime to take photos of me doing stuff. I switch perspectives in that sentence a lot, but we're talking about Jen. We're talking about present Jen, trying to get future Jen, more immediate future Jen, a friend to take summertime photos, okay? Photos of me at a comedy show in front of that church that's really popular, shit like that, okay? So that will be their sole purpose. But it takes time for an introvert like myself to create these bonds, so I'm starting early and have my eyes on Waterloo, or Lou for short. So I hung out at Lou and THT's office, It um, it was just me and Lou, and we were vibing and laughing, not as much fun as our initial meeting, you know, the pedophile meeting when I brought up my paper I wrote, but you know, it was something, you know. I was like, yeah, this is good. You know, this is good potential friendship, potential good photographer. This is going well. But then he just announced that he was going to lunch and was leaving me the keys and left at noon. And I was like sitting there like stewing because in my head, that was a bitch move. And I'm not really bold enough to invite myself. But I felt it was on him to invite me because we were having a good conversation, you know. We were laughing. We were joking. Also, it was like I felt, you know, was I misinterpreting? Were we not vibing? And that's when I realized I was calling it bitch in my head for like half an hour. But I took the L, you know. Because he's literally my assistant. He would not have invited me. It was my job. So I fucked up. You know? Like, I wouldn't invite my boss to go to lunch with me. No matter how much we were vibing. Because that would be weird. So I totally get. Why he didn't invite me. But that makes me wonder. Would it be weird if I invited him? Would it be? Also it's kind of funny that like. He's not, I wish he was technically my assistant, because it'd be funny if I was a woman with a male assistant, you know, role reversal there, role reversal there, I'm gonna try not to mumble, because this is stream of consciousness, I'm gonna try and do it in one take, but my natural, like, disposition is a mumbler, so sorry Jen, anyways, I guess he's not technically my assistant, he's THT's assistant. But still, you get it. It would have been weird. So speaking of TNT, I hung out with him. I love how his name went from The Hated to THT and now just TNT. And I can see myself just calling him Dynamite. Anyways, hung out with TNT. And I got to listen to him talk about, the, you know, like shit on the job with minor censorships. He was sensitive. To, he was like tentative to shit talk. But little does he know, the other managers and staff hardcore shit-talking. Basically, the office is a pretty shitty place where everyone shits on each other, including myself, so I'm part of the problem. But he doesn't know. He was, like, holding himself back from saying stuff. He was censoring himself. I was, like, trying to pull it out of him. I got some good stuff. I think the best thing I got was how much everyone's getting paid. Which has been in my mind for a long time. So happy about that. Um, but yeah, no, it was fun. We watched, we watched um, a show, and it made me like a black person was having a monologue about you know choosing himself for the team of the black people, and I could tell that he didn't understand that. So you know, I don't think he's racist. I'm not gonna say that. He's just like. I think lacks empathy, because I think it's hard for people to grasp the camaraderie that black people have, you know, like the black nod, you know, it's camaraderie, because we all face the same bullshit, maybe I should do a separate episode, if I ever get like maybe like 12 viewers, (laughs) I'll do a separate episode on the black nod, because I've gotten some pretty good ones over the years. Okay, I realize I can't do this on stream of consciousness, like, my voice is cracking, so I'm gonna have to stop. Okay, so, on work related but still, you know, Montreal adjacent, I'm here, I'm doing these things. I glued on the patch onto my jacket, finally. It's it's glued on badly, it it looks like it's falling off, so I will fix that next weekend. Um, Speaking of jackets, coats, etc, love my segues, yeah. So I tried on a bunch of coats from Aritzia, specifically the wool coats, you know? I loved the Slouch by Babaton because it was so comfortable. You have broad shoulders, but you're, you know, so like it fit your arms. But it legitimately looked like I was wearing like a real adult's coat, you know? Like I am a real adult, but it looked like I was wearing like a full-grown adult's coat. Basically look like the classic joke of two kids in a trench coat sneaking into an R-rated movie by standing on top of each other. My brother commented that I looked like a bag lady and I don't I hope there's no negative connoti- like association with bag lady but like you get the gist. You know, I look like someone who didn't have a stable home. I look like someone who you know I felt like my two kids analogy was good okay long story short did not look good okay I know I didn't look good but it was so comfortable and it's so hard to find clothes as an athletically built extremely petite person okay I've never seen anyone in my life with my body type I see short people I see athletic people but I never see people who look quite like me. And the hardness of buying clothes, the difficulty of buying clothes, it's it it's hard to describe. People don't understand how hard it is. They really don't. Like I know people who are like, you know, slightly overweight, who talk about how hard it is for them to find clothes or people who are really tall. And it's like, don't get me wrong, there's difficulties, sure. But I've seen overweight people, I've seen tall people, there are stores that will cater to them. My situation, no. I can't simply buy children's clothes, okay? Because You know what? I'm realizing I'm venting to myself about something that you truly will not forget about. And there's no need for this. So I'm just going to move on quickly and say that since Topshop has shut down, you were desperate, you took a risk and you bought clothes online, specifically pants online, because that's the hardest thing to find, Um, you know the risk you took, and we'll see how badly I may or may not have fucked up, and how much money I may or may not have wasted by next week. If it shows up next week, we'll see the duty fees. We'll see how bad it is. Okay. So, again, that had nothing to do with Montreal, so back to where I am now, physically... This weekend, I went to Michael's to get fabric glue, which I ended up getting from Canadian Tire because, surprise, I stumbled upon the store Mecca, just an hour away from me, where I take a train and a bus, and I also have to walk down that hill. There's a plaza with Canadian Tire, Michael's, Dollarama, Giant Tiger, and across the street, There's a Winners. Did I mention there's a Walmart there too? Yeah, I know. I scored big. Good for me. It is an hour away and like 6.50 round trip. And even more if I decide to get an Uber up the hill. But you know, I'm happy I discovered it. It's not too bad of a journey. The hill really adds on those time because I have to walk up and down it. It's like 15 minutes, maybe 20 when it's bad weather. So, it wouldn't be a Where I Am Now podcast without shitting on that hill, but, you know, it sucks. Also, you found like, a, like, shortcut to the hill. Where it's not actually a shortcut, I would argue that it's longer, but the hill's just less steep because it loops a bit. And, um, well, they don't ice it. So, you cannot take that quote-unquote shortcut anymore. You have to just fully go up and down the hill at the steepest points and um it's hell so i am got my last point now because again it's now 1140 and I'm very tired and I can hear my voice cracking so I'm gonna I'm brushing my teeth so I'm gonna spit like a gross person online mmm was that a horrible noise I could already hear future me cringing because I hate noises like that But maybe this is a lesson learned in procrastination. So I have to bring myself down before I float away from the high of that discovery and say that I took a nap today and I really didn't want to leave my house. Like I needed salt because there's like some giant cut in my mouth and it had been hurting me for like a week. Oh, do you hear that? Anyways, who cares? A lot of things fell outside my door. Like, it's someone else, not me. Anyways, back to me. Um, this is why you don't do stream of consciousness, because you get distracted. But you're so close to being done, and you're so tired. So let's, you know, let's fight through this. So you haven't taken a nap in, like, a month. So basically since you've been here. But normally you're a napper. Like, you nap every day. In high school you napped, in university you napped, working you napped, you just always napped, okay? And not want to leave your house is also a normal thing. You never want to leave your house. But you know, I've been okay with it this time around in the last month. That's not true. You never want to leave your house. But you felt maybe because of the nap it was more pronounced. So let's track if, if my depression is sinking in already. To note, Jen, you've never been officially diagnosed with depression or anxiety, but you probably should be because, like, you have, you have a lot of the signs. Like, now that you could become more attuned with, like, mental illness and really the different, you know, shapes it could take, you're starting to, it's probably, it's, it's highly probable that you, you suffer from anxiety, for sure. And, you know, you have depressive episodes. I think the reason why you're not really doing anything about it is, well, you know this already, but whatever. is because you don't get, like, suicidal, you get apathetic. And I feel like you could deal with apathy. Did it ruin your grade point average? Of course university really dropped the ball there but overall you know (laughs) I think it's fine anywho time will tell so I'll listen to you next week and hopefully you know it's not a depressive episode it's just a glitch and uh, hopefully you plan better and you don't have to rush to share this at 11 p.m. on a Sunday. Before work tomorrow. Because right now it's 11.43. And you're tired. Oh. And one last thing. You plan to ask for a raise. <laughs> so we'll see if you get it. I think. On Tuesday is the day. You'll bring up that. By the way. You're going to ask for a raise. So we'll see how this shit goes. Um, it was kind of fucked up. That you couldn't negotiate your salary. So like. If, if I'm being honest here, you deserve it, but bye for now, let's never do this again, and let's start recording by 6 p.m., because I can hear your voice going, bye.